Good evening, everyone. Tonight, I want to bring you my own story through this journey of incarceration with my daughter. No, I am not serving time, but I am serving the time that she has been given. Everything that she goes through, I feel, and it has affected me very negatively. But my story will explain all of this. Tonight's podcast will end season one of More Than Just a Number, A Woman's Journey Through Incarceration. Season two will be will begin in just a little over a week where I hope to make some changes to the platform. I want to get the other side of the story. I want to bring in some fathers and some brothers, some husbands, and see how their loved one's incarceration has affected them. I think this is very important in order to advocate properly for those that we have behind bars. We have to know the whole story. So let me begin by telling you my, my story. Today is the first day of the rest of my life. October 18, 2019, my daughter, my firstborn, the one who first made me a mother, is now serving a 23-year sentence behind bars. How am I to survive without her? Let's step back, step back in time for just a little bit. I never thought I'd be a mother. I had plans for my life. I was going to be the next great explorer. I would become a household name. People would recognize me when I walked down the street. I was going to be somebody, finally. You see, I grew up as poor as a church mouse. I was a happy child, don't get me wrong, but my father was a severe alcoholic and my mother was the complete opposite. She was everything to me. I so wanted to be like her, but alas, as I grew up, I realized that I was a lazy little thing, and I was. I didn't like to cook, so I've never been that good at it. I despise cleaning, so my home is never spotless. I was meant for more than the humdrum life of being just a housewife. No, I'm not mocking being a housewife, because it takes a lot to be good at it. But I've always felt that there was something more for me out there. I was a good mother to my children, and I raised them right, and I gave them every opportunity to thrive while they were growing up. I used to believe that I was supposed to be a singer like my mother was, but God had other plans for me. I didn't know it at the time, but he had a specific purpose for me. I just hadn't been shown what that purpose was. On October 18, 2019, God showed me why I was put upon this earth. I was to become the voice of the voiceless. When my daughter was sent to prison, my world fell apart. I lost my own voice. How was I to get through all that time not seeing her every day? God eventually set me on the right path. I began to join support groups, hoping to learn how to cope with it all. But what I found was something I didn't expect. These people were as lost as I was. 
I was reading so many horror stories, but they were mostly about men. I needed other women who had lost a daughter to the system. I joined group after group and still the same thing. They were predominantly about supporting our men who are incarcerated. How could this be? There had to be a group somewhere that was devoted to the many women behind bars. As time passed, I was starting to lose hope of ever finding another mother who had a daughter in the system, but God intervened once again. As I checked my messages that fateful morning, I saw a picture of a field of sunflowers. Curious, I clicked on that message, and there before me was a woman inviting me to support to her support group, the Sunflower Patch. After taking a few moments visiting her Facebook group, I became overjoyed. There it was, what I had been searching for, a group of women who had come together to support one another through this journey of incarceration. But once again, I was let down. It was a support group made up of women entirely, but most of the women had loved ones who were incarcerated that were men. I needed a group for women by women who had a daughter that was incarcerated. I needed to talk with other mothers who had lost their daughters to crime. At this point, I was so discouraged that I gave up. For weeks, I continued to visit the groups I had joined, but I was only going through the paces. Until that fateful day when I happened upon a post by a father who had a daughter that was incarcerated. Could this really be it? Maybe he knew of a group like the one I had been searching for. I contacted him via messenger and introduced myself. I told him of my struggles and how I was feeling so alone. It was at this point that he told me about his daughter who had served time at Rockville Correctional Facility. This couldn't be a coincidence. My daughter was serving time at this same facility. God was showing his face once again. This kind man gave me his daughter's contact information, and I immediately sent her a message about my experience to date. And in my mind, I received her reply instantly. But when, re when in reality, it was a few weeks later that she had actually replied. The only thing inside that message was a link to a group I had never found, Rockville Survivors. Could it be true? Had I finally found what I had been seeking all this time? I immediately searched and found the group and requested an invite. Within 15 minutes, I was the newest member of Rockville Survivors. I went on to explain to these beautiful women that I was not a survivor, but the mother of a daughter who was currently incarcerated at the Rock. They welcomed me with open arms. As they began to open up to me, I realized that God was working in my life yet again. I had finally found my purpose he had been preparing me for all my life. It was so abundantly clear that I was to become the voice for the voiceless. His purpose for me was to tell their stories. They had each other, but their stories weren't being told. I knew in an instant what I had to do. I ran by my I ran my idea by some of these women, and they were elated to know that I was wanting to give them an outlet to tell their stories. The very next day, more than just a number, a woman's journey through incarceration was born. My first podcast episode was my rendition of my daughter's story. It was the only one I had. So I took her name and the name of the prison she was housed in, 
out of my story that day. And I have to tell you that when I started the podcast, I was really scared. So scared that I had just about jumped out of my shoes. My voice was shaky and I thought I would be sick. What I went through during that first episode had to have been what Moses felt when God called him to be the voice of his people. But somehow... I found the strength and the courage to get through it. I had no idea what I was doing, but I uploaded that episode and I hit publish. The sound quality wasn't all that great, and I have to admit that it sounded like I was reading a script. But to my wonderment, that episode went international overnight. People were listening, so here I am, two months into my podcast, and that first episode has still gotten the most downloads. After such a short time, my podcast is now being heard throughout the United States and 27 countries. Giving these women an outlet to tell their stories has brought peace to them as well as to me. I know now that I can make a difference in this world. We all have come to realize that there are people who want to hear what we have to say and that there are people out there that are giving their unconditional support to us. Last night, Well, not last night, but a few nights ago, I did my first episode with a woman who is still behind bars. Her name was Lori. She was convicted of suffocating her two children and fatally, fatally shooting a former neighbor. I was very uplifted by the end of the interview, not by her story, but by the courage she had shown by admitting what she had done. Her story solidified solidified God's purpose for me. In the following months, I hope you will come to know these women. You will get to learn what led them to a life of crime. And you might also come to realize that a lot of these women were wrongfully convicted and not guilty of the crimes they were convicted of. Please continue to join me on this journey through incarceration. More than just a number, a woman's journey through incarceration. As I sit here talking to you tonight, I think, okay, what have I really done? I have interviewed some women and let them tell their story. And I have advocated for my daughter, but I have not been out there in the trenches. I have not done any protests, but I think back and I realize that I have done more than that. I have written Congress. I have written our past president and former first lady, Donald and Melania Trump, about the corruption, about the medical situations inside our prisons. 
I've written the governor of Indiana, which is where I live. I have spoken to detectives. I have spoken to investigative reporters. And I've also contacted many, many television stations and radio stations to get the word out. Our women deserve better than what they're getting. The everyday taxpayer has no idea what their money is being spent on. And I think it's time that they're that they're told. Because I used to think before my daughter was put into prison that when a woman got out of prison she was reformed that she was more educated but over time I've realized that's just not so our prison system is broken they go by an arcane and barbaric set of rules that were set for men way back in the 1920s they didn't put women in prison back then and if they did it was few and far between today women are being treated just like the men are or even worse and it is my intention to start advocating more for you ladies that are listening for those ladies who are still incarcerated and to be that voice that God wants me to be I recently created my own Facebook group and it also is called more than just a number a journey and I have invited only women to the group you have to be a woman who was incarcerated or a woman who had had someone that was a woman incarcerated or a significant other that was incarcerated that was a woman and I do do this for a purpose women need each other more than men need each other women can tell other women things that they would never tell another living soul and by creating this group I'm hoping that we can give each other support we can go through our trials and our triumphs together and that we will come out the better for it I know I have so far I'm no longer in a depressed state all of, all of the time. Yes, I do get depressed and my anxiety takes over. But hopefully my daughter will be home soon. As I stated earlier, I have been advocating very strongly for her. And we have the fervent hope that she will be home within the next few months.
after serving a total of five years. I did receive a letter from the governor about a month ago stating that if she served seven years of her sentence and the last 12 months of her sentence was without violation, that he would fi file or sign a petition for a pardon for her to come home. I hope that that letter was true. And if it isn't, and she serves seven years without incident, and he does not pardon her, that's when I will really begin to protest. I will march on our state's capital, and I will take other women with me. It's time that we stand up and shout, let our women go. A lot of these women are in prison for being addicted to drugs, like my daughter. But there are women who do deserve to be inside those walls. Like my last interviewee. But yet, I, I don't really care what those women are serving time for. What I do care about is that they're treated like human beings while inside those walls. They're being fed food that is inedible. And it's marked for not not for human consumption. Our women are not animals. They're human beings. So why feed them like animals? The medical field inside these walls is so subpar, we might as well be in a third, third world country. When you go to medical in Indiana, what you get is one Band-Aid, a packet of salve, and, to and two Tylenol. That's it. And for that short visit, you're charged $15. Our state prisons are making money hand over fist by the women that are incarcerated and their families. We have to send money to our daughters, our wives, our sisters, in order for them to be able to purchase food that is edible at exorbitant amounts. And it's starting to take its toll. You know, there's a lot of us out there that are senior citizens like myself. And by the way, I just reached senior citizen age. I'm not that old, but I am on a fixed income, and I know there are others out there like me. So I will go without so that my daughter doesn't have to. So I hope that you have learned something from my story that when you feel like all hope is lost, that it really isn't, that God has your loved ones back, and that there was a purpose 
for them to be convicted, whether they're guilty or innocent. Because I now know that when my daughter comes home, she will never use drugs again. This time spent in prison has completely changed her. She's an entirely different person. And I'm grateful for the fact that God has watched over her and had her back. He's protected her. And he's made her stronger. She's taken advantage of every program that the prison has to offer. And she has learned so many new things. So yes, I do believe that prison has saved her life. And it's my fervent prayer that it also saves your children, your wives, your sisters, and that they too will come home a different person. And I pray for them nightly. I want to take this time to say thank you for tuning in to this last episode of Season 1 of More Than Just a num Number, A Woman's Journey Through Incarceration. See you next time. And thank you once again. And may God bless all of you.